welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome back to the show, Brad, to Blue Collar BS. How are we doing on this wonderful, rainy Friday afternoon? It is absolutely amazing, Mr. Doyle. Absolutely amazing. amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. You're not on the links. It's raining out. What in the hell is tomorrow, amazing? Tomorrow is golf day, bright and uh, early at 8 a.m. And we get to walk a slushy golf course because it's been raining all day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be above 30 degrees, no snow. We are golden for that. So That's awesome. Awesome. What do we have coming up on the show today? What do we have? That's a great question. What do we have? It's not a what we have. It's a who we have. Oh, who? We have Mr. Chase Tannhauser who happens to be a uh, a friend of mine that I met through another friend of mine who is an amazing entrepreneur. He has lots of ideas, loves the blue collar space, and has this ultimate goal of creating a education program and a place for youth and or those that want to get into the trades, a place to go get that education so they can enter the marketplace and make some great money. That is his ultimate goal. I am happy to know Chase and welcome him to the show. Welcome, Chase. Hello. Thanks for having me. Wow. That sounded very, very tight, tight there. Not your normal self. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Just checking. <laughs> it's the hookah smoke. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. Open Get the window. Yeah. Open the window, Chase. It'll be fine. So, Chase, welcome to the show. The first question we always love to ask our guest is, which generation do you most fit in with or self-identify with? Not one I was born in. <laughs> so, what, so which one were you born in? I guess Generation X. I think, right? I've bred. X? Gotta, How old are you? How old are you? you? Know, I'm a millennial. I'm sorry. Millennial. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a millennial on our show. It's, no. It sucks, it sucks to say. It does. It sucks what? to say. Why does it suck to say that? Because there's so many lazy millennials that just have no work ethic. And it it makes all of us that work hard look bad. And it sucks. That is uh, that is some truth to that, my friend, particularly in the blue collar industry, right? I mean, we've, we've seen shortages for decades. And um, there's a very small percentage of millennial group that is out there doing the thing. But there are huge opportunities for those that want to do and work hard mm-hmm. and get their hands dirty. Huge, huge opportunities for long-term growth and sustainability. So, so what got you into working with your hands and messing with things and 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 getting dirty? Honestly, I don't know. From a young age, I always liked building stuff. Legos. I would say that's literally what started everything that I do now is because Legos. I started building them. Then I started yeah. building ports. And yeah, it just went from there. I always wanted to build things. That's where it took me. Now I build houses, remodel houses. Now we're here. Now we're here. Now (laughs) we are here. (laughs) So you are currently in uh, a bunch of different sectors of the construction and trades market as you are building out your um, empire, right? Yes. As you go through, what are some of the characteristics and things as you are, have been going through the hiring practices? What are some of the things that you are 
keyed in on when you bring people in to work within your organization for various roles? People that just work hard, you know, you get, you can interview a hundred guys, you might hire five and it sucks to say, but people's work, work ethic is horrible nowadays. Everybody thinks that they deserve something for free or should get paid an astronomical amount of money with very little knowledge. So you got to look, um, what we look for <laughs> is somebody who can actually follow direction and accomplish simple tasks and want the opportunity to grow and learn. Because if you can't learn, you're never going to go higher in any job that you do. I don't care what field you're in. If you're not willing to learn, you're not going to grow. So that's pretty much what we look for. What's the, um, you know, that long-term goal of opening up a school and building a deeper pond of talent. What's driving that motivation for you, Chase? So that came from a bunch of guys that I went to high school with. I went to Milwaukee Tech and I went there in order to learn a trade, get into the construction field and, you know, be able to build communities. Pre-COVID 2016, 17, a bunch of guys, we got together. And we started going around to various summer schools, different centers in the inner city, community gardens that had uh, programs for kids in the summer. And we went around and talked to groups of kids. These kids growing up in the inner city don't see much outside of what happens in the inner city. And I went to school in the inner city, grew up in the inner city, you know, was born and raised there, seen a struggle of many people. So talking to these kids they didn't understand that there was an opportunity for them to make a better life for themselves and make a bunch of money at the same time in the construction field, because nobody ever brings that to them. You know, they see selling drugs, they see rap videos, they see whatever, you know, their parents are doing and that's all they see. They don't get mm -hmm. that outside work brought into them. So <clears throat> talking to these kids, hearing their stories, you know, we wanted to try to do something for them. Granted, I went to tech. Our teachers were all instructors while we were there. And my senior year, we tr we transferred from Milwaukee Tech, the old tech building, into Bradley Tech, which is a shit show in itself, you know, nowadays. It's not even <laughs> worth discussing. And Next my topic. Senior year, yeah. My senior year, all of our instructors that were not teachers, don't have teaching degrees, all got fired because... The teachers there all started complaining that these guys were there teaching and they don't have teaching degrees. We should let teachers that have teaching degrees teach the kids trades that they went to school for. Makes no sense, but that's what they did. Uh, let's see. That, that, is a, that is a travesty of different things. And I can relate to that within our own school system out here. Spent a lot of money revamping our, our tech ed area. We put in new equipment, new things, and we tried to get the community folks involved as to what the curriculum should look like so that people can come out and do the work. They're teaching to teach, not teaching to train. And it's really, really frustrating. It sucks. It's, and that was, that was my main drive to want to do this is my senior year, second day of school. We got, our teacher got let go. We find out we have this 20 year old kid that graduated college come in and he's like, all right, well, this is what we're going to do this year. And I look at him, I literally tell him to his face, like I learned that June, my uh, freshman year. He's like, what? I'm like, I literally learned that freshman year. I'm four years ahead of you and anything you know about electrical, you can't tell me nothing. And I walked out of class and that was literally <laughs> it. Like, 
<laughs> I was so frustrated because there was no point to even be there. I'm, I'm so far ahead of what this guy could teach me anything. You got rid of the best teacher we could have had. And now, you know, we didn't learn nothing. So we had these programs we were trying to do for summer school and kids and teaching them and getting them involved. And all the guys were like, dude, we should go back to tech and we should start a program there. And I'm like, for what? I'm like, you guys weren't there when I graduated. You guys are all 5, 10, 15 years older than me. Granted, yeah, this is our alumni program. I said, it's a waste of time. Those kids in, in there don't want to learn and the people don't want us there to help teach the kids. I said, we need to start our own school. And they said, oh, that's going to take too much. We're going to have to do, we're going to have too many problems. I said, listen, at the end of the day, if we don't do something as individuals in the fields to try to teach these kids, they're never going to learn it how they need to learn it. Absolutely. That was my driving force behind wanting to do it. No, and that's, that is fantastic to hear. And so I'm, I'm out of Metro Detroit and there are several companies that are taking a very similar approach but they're taking it into, so like plumbers, they have a plumbing school. The builders, they'll have a carpentry school. Would you mind elaborating a little bit more on, you know, the, the type of like education that you're hoping to offer to, to students? And that's exactly it. I would, I want to have individual people of trades come in and teach certain things, right? I want to have a trade school, specifically trades and I know I'm not going to be able to jump in right in and say, okay, we're going to open this school. Or this is what we're going to do. My original goal was to start an after-school program and build into that because talking to different people, I want to focus on younger kids going from middle school to high school, but the problem is going to be teaching them with certain tools. They're not going to be able to use them. There's going to be safety factors, all types of stuff from talking with certain people that's all going to be a problem. So we have to figure out a way to implement some type of training course for them to feel, uh, how do I want to put this, grasp them enough that draws them in and say, oh, this is something I want to learn, you know, without having to be able to touch that drill and feel the power from it or, you know, pull the, pull the trigger on a saw and feel the motor in their hand. You know, that's all stuff as a guy that uh, wakes me up, like, you know, let's right. get it going some wood so, but, so some of that some of that though chase is already happening in other types of programs like the robotics program that we're part of right there are certain things at the middle school that we can allow folks to do and not to do and it's just a matter of what the probably gonna need to find the right insurance partner yeah in order to provide that opportunity as well as great teachers and mentors to come in and and not put people in harm's way yeah and I have a ton of, and that was the other thing. I have a ton of guys that are on board that are very good in their fields and trades um, that are willing to donate time to help teach and show these kids what it takes to learn it, grow from it, you know, be able to be successful in it. So that was the other thing. I just don't know. The hardest part is going to be starting and figuring out what we can and cannot do, getting the insurance. But the passion is there and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, there are others in the area that are trying to do the same thing. So it may be a collaborative effort to go forward. And, you know, when we when this show will air, whenever that's going to be in July, August time frame, most likely, you know, there's going to be people out there that are going to hear this story. And it's like, OK, great. We need to get in contact. We need to figure it out. There's foundations out there that are willing to do things. There may be some national backing that we may not even know that's out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep up the amazing drive for that end game which is fantastic 
that's the goal, man. We got to get these kids involved. If we don't get them involved early, then we're going to be stuck in the next 10, 15 years. And I'm going to be working until I'm 80 instead of being able to retire at 60, 65. <laughs> you know, my daughter, my daughter's six years old. She loves pulling wires. We, we remodeled our entire basement. And she pulled every single wire through the wall because she thinks it's a game. She likes doing it. That's what we have That's to awesome. get these kids. They would enjoy it if they were shown it if they were able to touch it and see it they just don't get that opportunity that's awesome so what are some of the projects you like to that your daughter likes working on anything that i'm doing i just remodeled our whole house last year and she just always wants to help no matter what it is whole the whole house really kitchen both <laughs> bathrooms all flooring are they room. done is it done chase I'm a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> is it done, Chase? Is Let's be honest. Done. Come on. It's, it's never, never done. done. <laughs> right there with you, Chase. Right there with you. <laughs> it's uh, never done. I was just talking with a guy the other day. He's like, yeah, I bought my house nine years ago, and it's still not done. I'm like, yeah, my <laughs> wife would have killed me by now. I said, I'm only one year in, and she's still already trying to rip my head off. And she's pregnant. It's even worse now. Uh, <laughs> So what are some of the things that you're finding between generations out on your job sites or within your subs that you use or your suppliers? What are some of the barriers or roadblocks to success that you're seeing? Yeah, man, work ethic. That's that's the main thing is work ethic and what people know and think they know. You know, one guy could work somewhere and for 10 years and thinks he has 10 years of experience when he worked there for 10 years, but only learned what a guy should know in six months. So those are some of the hardest things that I've found is in hiring people is true experience on a job site and what people have. What about on the supplier side, right? The, the lumber yards or the distribution centers, showroom folks, are there any issues that you're seeing there at all from a, a generational perspective? When, when you walk in or you're talking to folks, do you see anything going on from that perspective, how, how you're feeling from folks? No, not really, because I don't deal with them all that often. You know, I deal with certain individuals at certain buildings and I've had such a, a rapport with them and I've known them for years that that's who I go talk to. That's who I deal with. And they all know me. So I don't have to deal with anybody new that's coming in. I call my window supplier. I, this is the same three guys that have been there for the last eight years. They haven't had any new new hirees, maybe out in their warehouse, part of their sales core and their ordering guys. It's all the same people because they get good guys and they don't let them go. So what do you, how do you, how do you think they're retaining those guys? Money. It's all about money. Is it? You know, it uh, yeah. It, you could steal anybody nowadays. You can literally walk on a job site and say, hey, I'll pay you $5 more an hour. And a guy is not going to be loyal to you. They're going to go. It's it's insane. It's, li it's literally a snatch and grab game in the construction trade right now. You might find that one guy, two guys here and there that stay loyal. I have a guy right now. I've had I've watched guys come up to him and say, hey, I'll pay you $3 an hour more than what he's paying you. Come over here. He's like, nope, this is my guy. This is who I'm going to build with. And he's been there, but I've watched it happen on a multiple occasions where that guy's got a new job the next day after he goes to a certain job site. That the, that key component, you you have that sense of loyalty with your with your employees is fantastic. What do you attribute that to? Outside relationship of work, I think I do a lot of stuff with my guys. We go laser tagging. 
once every couple months or I've got a boat. So I'll say, Hey, come out on the boat. Let's go surfing. Let's go tubing. Let's go do this. Come over to the house. I'll throw a barbecue, you know, showing them that it's not just, Oh, be here at eight o'clock. I'll see you tomorrow at eight at four. And that's it, you know, kind of make them family. And that's so important nowadays is that sense of belonging for so many people from that sense of family perspective and your employees, when they become family, quote unquote family, like in the fold and you bring somebody new in, is there any like contention with somebody new coming in and the other guys looking at him going, yeah, this, this one isn't going to make it or yeah, this one could make it. Do you guys ever see that on job sites or I would they are, there's I, two stories I'm hoping you're going with, Chase. I, <laughs> my, my longest guy, I've he's seen pe- many people come and go. We've been hiring and firing people for the last year and a half. He always, I always ask him his input, right? Because he is my longest guy. He's the one that's going to stay around. He's the one I'm trying to grow with. So I always ask his input on what he feels. I had pure prime example. I hired a lady over the summer. Um, she was a good worker. I had to let her go because she had a fear of climbing ladders. And that was one of our main things when we're building a house is, is we're up and down ladders all day. And she literally told me straight to my face, I'm not going up and let, I'm not going up the ladder. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. Like it's nothing personal, but I can't have you here if you're not able to perform the job I need you to perform. So I had to let her go. And from the beginning, he kind of didn't like her because she was snobby and she said she knew a whole bunch and didn't know as much, but she was willing to learn and we were teaching her and whatnot. I hired another guy right after I hired her and older gentleman, probably in his early fifties. Damn Xers. Those damn yeah. old guys. God, man, son of a bitch. So <laughs> he comes to the job site, right? And first day works great. Hard worker knows his shit. I'm like, cool. This is the guy I'm going to have around for a long time. He can help me because he knows exactly what he's doing. I don't have to question it. He's good. Next day he comes into work. He's like, I don't want to work with her. I said, what? He said, I don't want to work with a woman. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. I said, because she was here before you. I said, my sister works with me every once in a while because she wants to learn how to build a house. So she's here from time to time. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to fire her because you don't want to work with a woman. I'm like, if you don't grab your nuts and tuck them up and keep working, like you can, you can just kick rocks and move around. Like, I don't know what to tell you. That's awesome. So we had to get rid of him. You know, I asked Jared, I said, what do you think? You think I should have got rid of her or kept him? He said, I don't know. Honestly, I think you should get rid of both of them. I don't think neither one of them are going to work out long term. She was around for four months and she didn't work out. So, yeah, I take into what he says into consideration all the time. Listen, my wife told me she was going to kick me out the birthing room when we had a baby because I told her I was going to make all the nurses laugh the whole time she was in there. So (laughs) don't worry, you won't. Oh. You won't. They're they're very very focused. They're not gonna pay any attention to you. You are a, you will be a non-event in the event <laughs> unless you pass out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> then they're really gonna be laughing. Yes, they will. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> We've not really ever asked um, this question previously from any of our other guests, but what is what's one of the biggest life lessons you've gotten? while growing up in the industry, whether it's from somebody the same age, younger, older, what's one of those life lessons that have um, guided you to your success today? Don't ever stop taking advice from others. Honestly, that's probably one of the biggest things. Don't think you know it all. I got shut down so quick. 
I was a fucking 25 year old kid, thought I knew it all, started a new job, went in. These old guys were in there. Granted, they're in their 50s again. Old guys. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> He's man. talking to you. He's talking to you, Boomer. Hey, I'm not, hey. I'm not the <laughs> Boomer, Mr. Millennial. <laughs> oh, I'm not one either. <laughs> they fucking ran circles around me. They made me look like I was not even moving. And I was like dumbfounded. I went in the next day and I was like, teach me. And he was like, if you're willing to learn, I'll teach you everything you need to know. He was like, but you need to lose that cockiness. He was like, cause you don't know it all yet. He was like, and you'll never know it all. He was like, don't ever take it that you're ever going to know it all. Always be willing to learn from somebody. It could be the newest person in, in at the job. They might be able to teach you something. And sure enough, the old guy that I fired, he taught me three things that I would have never even thought about when we were doing a job. He had 40 years experience in building new construction housing came in and he said, dude, do this, this, and this. It's going to make you way faster. Sure. Shit. Saved me probably three days of dicking around <laughs> as we've grown. So <laughs> always be willing to learn. Okay. So as, as people are listening to this show, wherever they might be, you know, we are an international show here, Chase. So we have oh, great following. We have great following around the world. So if there's folks that are interested in getting connected with you, how do they go about and doing that? I'd say probably email would be the best. I don't have a website yet. I need to <clears throat> make one, but all of my work comes from word of mouth and I've never really felt the need to make one. Working with a certain someone, he's teaching me new ways of uh, making sure that I <laughs> always be learning. I'm on my shit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my email address, phone number, Facebook. Good. Well, we, hey, guess what? The show is audible. So you need to tell us oh. who, what those things are, my friend. <laughs> We're not going to guess them. <laughs> I mean, I can guess. Uh, my email address is ctcr3314 at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Chase Tanhauser, C H A S E. T-A-N-N-H-A-E-U-S-E-R. Um, those would probably be the two easiest and best ways to look me up, find me, contact me. Yeah, because we're not mind readers on this show and we don't have that telepathy yet to have us be able to get that over the audio waves for people to just pick that shit up randomly like that. So thank you for sharing. We appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Because <laughs> we want people to get a hold of you and find opportunities, right? Yes. What are you most excited about going forward in 2022, 2023 and beyond? Just growth. We're doing a couple new things this year, a couple new divisions, hopefully um, before the end of the year hiring a couple more people come summer and then within the next two years, three years, getting this school together, that's going to be um, coming towards the end of this year. That's really going to be one of the things I want to start working on a lot more um, is getting all the information we need to get this open, finding a building, parading costs, uh, curriculum, all those type of things. What all I need to do to get that going. Cool beans. What do you got, Mr. Doyle? No, I was the one question that I have, and especially with, you know, the focus on the kids, what would be advice that you would give to those looking potentially for, you know, help or program? What advice would you have to those young kids today to get them excited for something potentially in the future with you? It's a great question. Honestly, I've never thought about it. That's what we do here. We ask great questions. Sometimes it's the millennial Lexer, Steve. Sometimes oh. it's the old guy, me. But we do ask good questions. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. To get them excited about a program, oof, I have no idea. 
that one put me on the spot. Good thing we can edit. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I would, what even. So think back to the opportunities you were given when you first learned or heard of, you know, being in like in in that trade school. What was what was the mysteriousness or the thought around it? See, and it wasn't even that for me. My dad was never around. My dad left when I was a kid. I grew up around a bunch of guys in my neighborhood and my uncle. Those were the guys in my life, right? One of my neighbors always worked on cars. I love cars. I always helped him. One of the things, I did my first brake change on a cutlass station wagon when I was like seven years old. I still remember it to this day. <laughs> and then my uncle always had an HVAC company and it always, I always wanted to do it. I wanted to be a part of something with him. I wanted him to teach me. I wanted to learn it. I wanted to work with my hands. And then I did that for a long time. You know, I did that all through high school until I was 20, 20 years old. And then I felt like I was at a growth point with him being family. I felt like I was kind of being taken advantage of. So I always wanted to build houses too. At the time I looked in a newspaper, I found an ad. The guy was looking for people to build framers. I called him up, said, Hey, I don't have any framing experience at all. Zero. I said, but I've got seven years of HVAC. You know, I know how to read a tape. I know how to use a hammer. I can cut wood. I want to learn. He said, be at the job on Monday and started out making the same amount with him as I was making with my uncle. After seven years, started building houses and went from there. You know, I built houses for six years until the recession hit. So it's not called a recession. It's called the financial crisis. Financial crisis, recession. <laughs> Shit's the same thing. We lost our. Words are important, Chase. Remember that. I guess. <laughs> Sometimes. Eh, it's blue-collar BS, right? Exactly. Fuck <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Not> words. <laughs> well, um, that, so, so that brings up a very interesting opportunity, right? Because you had the opportunity to go down the block. You know, for myself as well, growing up, my neighbor was the guy that right? They had, they raced motorcycles and then the next neighbor did body work and mechanic stuff and had his bikes and cars. And, you know, we painted all right. Rebuilt engines, paint, body work. Didn't matter. We were doing all of that together. So I had that opportunity. Kids don't have that opportunity anymore today. Nope. Right? There's, there's no place to go. You might be able to do it on your Oculus now and maybe rebuild an engine or virtually or some something like that, but it's still not the same because you don't bust up your knuckles. You don't you don't get the <laughs> rust in your you don't get the rust in your eye as you're trying yeah. to break that bolt loose or anything like that, right? I mean, you just you don't, you don't get to learn a whole new new skill set of language and how to use words. Right. <laughs> context. It's all about context. Yes. So I mean that that brings out a very interesting interesting opportunity maybe for the the exposure side of things because because mm -hmm. that is what is really really missing and um so thank you for bringing that awareness I'm, I'm confident there's people that are listening that have the opportunity and the wherewithal to do something along those lines at a much younger age to create that awareness right that yeah. eight nine ten year old like you said that middle school or that pre or that elementary school opportunity to go do something really cool, whether it's RC cars, whether it's, I mean, you don't even see that much anymore, right? The whole RC car, gas engine RC car place is just not even, it's like an underground cult. It's not even. Yep. 
and that's where you're going to catch the kids at that seven, eight, nine year old range. You know, that's when they're interested in things. They want to be pilots. They want to go to space. They want to be doctors. They have 50 different things that they want to be in a four year period. That's where you have to catch them because that's when they're most interested in everything. You know, you have to catch them pre cell phone, pre iPad, you know, get them outside. That's at three. That's at three years that's old. That's, yeah. I think you got to get them in the womb. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's, man, it's ridiculous. My daughter's been asking me for a cell phone for two years. She's what, like, six? I, I'm like, you're six years old. No, she just turned six. Mine's 10, doesn't have one. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And she's the odd duck, right, Steve? Um, no, uh, she will be in middle school when she goes. She still won't have one. But she'll be the she'll be the odd person out most yeah, likely. Probably. Right? She already yeah she I mean she probably already is. Uh, most of the kids already have all their smart devices attached to them. And no. look at her a pager. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her anytime she sees nine one one, borrow one of her friends' phones. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Give yeah. her a quarter for the payphone. <laughs> That's not on the wall. Yeah, right. <laughs> you wouldn't even be able to press two buttons for a quarter nowadays. <laughs> Probably not. Again, Chase, thank you so much for uh, coming on today's show and sharing your experiences and knowledge and, and your desire to build a bigger pond, a deeper pond of, of people to get into the trades and the industry. Because uh, Steve and I will both agree that Gen Z is the future opportunity. And behind that is Generation Alpha. They're six or seven years old right now. So that's another place to go get. So yeah, thank you for focusing on what's coming behind us because that's important. Indeed it is. I So all we can do is try and get them to learn early, right? Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Enjoy uh, fixing your boat and fixing your motorcycle and get out there on the cold water. Enjoy this weekend if you can. You know, I didn't get an invite to the golf course tomorrow, so. Uh, well, you know, you know, it's okay. I didn't get an invite to the boat either. That's okay though. <laughs> I'm not taking it out yet. You're gonna get one. <laughs> All right, sure, whatever. <laughs> All right, man. So, so thank you very much, Chase, for coming on the show today, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS. Brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.